Hello, hello. Welcome to What to Read Wednesdays, your go-to podcast for staff picks from your friends at Delaware County District Library. Here, we'll talk about books, podcasts, and other relevant media. I'm your host, Annie Pazma. Hello, friends. Here we are again. I hope you've been able to uh, come to our story times. Just going to jump right into business here. Um, <laughs> they are all at different locations than the library branches, so be sure to check the library's event calendar for times and locations. Uh, we are starting to plan more programs, so I hope while you are looking for our story times, you will also find another program that interests you. On the note about programs, you know, our very popular workshop for young writers that is presented by the Friends of the Library every year, uh, it's been canceled this year. So uh, hopefully if you signed up for that, you got their email, but there have been some questions about it. So I just wanted to uh, clarify for everyone. Um, I know it was a really hard decision. The Friends of the Library really, really love to put on that um, that program or sponsor that program. So if you have any questions, just call one of the branches and we will be sure probably the main branch is your best option um, and we will get you all the details. All right, so let's get down to business. We'll hear from Mark first, of course. Hi, this is Mark Stevens at the Powell Branch and the book I'd like to recommend to you now is entitled This is Happiness and the author is Niall Williams, and I would recommend this for adult readers who enjoy literary fiction. I'm going to warn you that this will be a strange recommendation that will probably leave you unsure whether you want to read this book or not. First of all, the good news. This book was voted a Washington Post Book of the Year and was long listed for the Man Booker Prize, which, by the way, is the second time this author was nominated for that prestigious award. 140 people have left reviews so far about this book on Amazon, and 72% of those have been five out of five stars. Indeed, all the reviews averaged together give an overall rating of 4.6 stars. And I ended up loving this book, and I rated it four stars on Goodreads. So what's the problem? Well, the first 100 pages of this extremely well-written book filled with lyrical, almost poetic prose, is very slow-moving. I'm one of those crazy people who always finish a highly rated book, even if I'm not liking it at first, mainly because I'm almost always rewarded by the end. So I would have finished this book, even if it weren't this month's selection for my book group. But I have to admit, during those first 100 pages, I kept wondering who in my book group had selected this book. And how could they think it was that much worth reading? I kept consoling myself that because of the highly complimentary reviews on Amazon, that the book would just have to get better. Then it's like the sun began to peek out from behind a cloud and the middle third of the book became enjoyable and worthwhile. And then, oh boy, the last one third was fantastic. Easily five stars to me but I ended up rating the book four stars on Goodreads in fairness to the beginning of the book. 
okay, what is this book that I struggle to reach the treasure about? The setting, which is important, is the small Irish village of Faha, set on Ireland's west coast. The close-knit community is used to it raining every day, except for the main period of this novel. To emphasize how much of a change that is, the author writes only four words for the first chapter, and those words are, it had stopped raining. And just like that, the village was in the midst of a rainless spring season. Another major change the villagers confront is the coming of electricity. It is the 1950s, and the Irish Electric Company has finally made it to Faha, and each household is forced to decide if they want to risk their happiness to bring the future into their lives. And the last change impacting the village is the coming of an old man named Christy, who works for the electric company. He has traveled far and wide and had many adventures, but has returned to this county where he grew up to reconnect with a long-lost love of his and to atone for his sins. He's a good, decent man, the kind we all love in novels. He befriends our main character, Noel, who is 17 at the time and living with his grandparents. Noel is coming of age and is similar in personality and values to Christy. You will love Noel and his grandparents. Their simple, gentle farm life seems so idyllic that you will be so glad to get to know them. You will especially get to know Noel well because he is the narrator of this novel. Now 78 years old, he recounts the important tale of all the changes he faced when Christy and electricity came to Faha. He reminisces about his first loves, lessons learned, regrets, and the many wonderful people he now misses who have passed out of his life. I always think it's so bittersweet when older people share their long lives with us readers. The last 100 or so pages are so poignant that they will tear at your heartstrings. I found myself just amazed at how great this book had become. I actually forced myself to reread some parts just to slow the book down. How ironic that a book I had thought dragged in the beginning was now one I dreaded ending. So you'll have to decide if this book is for you. If you are plot-oriented and like to skim down pages of easy sentences, then you should skip this book. If you love to read great prose and are willing to reread sections to fully grasp an author's meaning, then give this beautiful book a try. But don't stop until you've read at least half the book. I so love this book, and I felt richly rewarded at the end. If you like the writing of Mae Vinci or Wendell Berry, I know you will love the ending. The theme of an unrequited love of 60 years will be prime inducement also for romance readers. This book is 400 pages and is available on Libby. It's a book that will magically connect you to the joy you sometimes feel when you read a special book. Well, that definitely did not sound appealing until Mark compared this book to writing similar to Wendell Berry. Um, Because it's similar to Wendell Berry, I'll probably put it on my to-read list because Wendell Berry is one of my favorite authors of all time. Bridget 
youth services specialist extraordinaire and fantastic co-worker, recently sent me some reviews of books that she has read. The first one is Ruth and the Green Book by Calvin Alexander Ramsey. Ruth and her family are traveling across the country together in their new sea mist green automobile. During the drive, the family experienced racial discrimination in a 1952 America, but along the way come across the Negro Motorist Green Book, a book created to help Black people find safe places where they are welcome to eat, sleep, and shop. Told through the perspective of a young child, Ramsey is able to deliver a heartwarming and infuriating story about a serious issue in a racially divided America. With minimal detailing, young readers will be able to digest the events at their own pace. An exceptional read for ages 7 to 11. She Loved Baseball, The Effa Manley Story by Audrey Vernick. Effa Manley has perseverance, grit, and a special kind of love for baseball. As an advocate for civil rights and a woman working for the Negro National Baseball League, Eva pushed through when told, that's just the way things are. This juvenile biography gives snippets of Eva's life, life's work, just enough to make you want to dig for more. With descriptive text and engaging illustrations, readers of all ages will enjoy this out-of-the-park story. Beautiful Blackbird by Ashley Bryan. An adaptation from the folktale of Illa-speaking people of Zambia, Ashley Bryan has created a Coretta Scott King Award winner through vibrant, bold illustrations and beautiful storytelling. Blackbird is seen as the most beautiful bird, but sapped with envy the other birds beg to be like Blackbird. Blackbird shares the gift of color but insists color on the outside is not what's on the inside. And just remember, whatever I do, I'll be me and you'll be you. A bright and colorful read for ages three and up. These sound amazing, don't they? I think uh, they're also featured on the um, the quarterly uh, that's coming out soon. Okay, next we will hear from the main branch's children's librarian, Mr. George. Hi, my name is George Morrison from the Delaware Main Library. Most folks know me as Mr. George, and I have a expertise in children's literature, but I also have a passion for adult literature, fiction and nonfiction. I wanted to share the book Grant by Jean Edward Smith. I'm currently doing this book in audio, and I'm 20 hours into a 29-hour audiobook, and I've really appreciated it. Many folks out there know about the recent Ron Chernow uh, Grant book, but I wanted to read this tome as well. <laughs> it's about 817 pages, and Ron Chernow's book is about 1,100, so I thought it'd be interesting to, you know, compare and look at the two. I read Ron Chernow's book, you know, when it came out, and I wanted to look at this other book, as it might have different perspectives. I have appreciated their perspectives and differences between the books. One I really appreciate, which Chernow talks about as well, is the detail of Grant's first and middle name. I won't share any spoilers, but it's 
oddly humorous and uh, oddly funny. I think I think you might enjoy finding the real details behind Ulysses S. Grant and uh, his real first name. Uh, I've just found it really well detailed and, and I appreciated it both humorously and frustratingly. <laughs> also his personal and professional connections in, in which if many folks that he worked with, he had lifelong experiences with either at school or in business and how he was personally connected to many either soldiers or officers or business folks that he was uh, worked with or had known and how they used his writings to really show how profound or how he really was very human. Also, I appreciated uh, Gene Edward Smith's focus on Grant's balance of expertise. I thought it was really interesting that sometimes we hear about these great people in history and how they lead and know all and be all. And Grant was not one of those. He didn't know all and be all. He he understood his limitations and his expertise. Uh, one aspect of a balance relationship was uh, shared by, by Gene Edward Smith that Lincoln respected Grant's knowledge of the battlefield and Grant, in turn, respected the political knowledge of Lincoln. He would state, I'm not a politician and I will do my best on the battlefield and Lincoln has this policy and I will uphold it because that must be the best thing for the country. Very interesting perspective. This book, uh, Grant by Gene Edward Smith, was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize for autobiography. And that's what actually caught me on the list that, oh, looking at a different book about Grant and, of course, the Ohio connections and Midwest connections make this book very interesting for adults and possibly for uh, big teenage readers as well. Well, my name is Mr. George from the Delaware Library, and I hope you find your book that you're interested in, too. Have a good day. As you should all know by now, just because we work in youth services does not mean we only read picture books and juvenile fiction. One of the beautiful things about working at DCDL is that we are never discouraged from reading widely. I've always appreciated that. On that note, let's talk about what I'm reading. I'm actually reading through the Investigator series. And if you have not seen the cover for that, you should go look at the cover for that because you'll see investigators. Uh, it's a witty. It's a play on words. It's pretty spectacular. I don't read a lot of graphic novels, but this one is pretty popular, and I see why. It's hilarious. Uh, if you have a reluctant reader, you should check out Investigators because it is funny and engaging and would be a one a fun one for your child and it's like I'm 34 years old and I thought it was hilarious so you should read it along with your reluctant reader what I'm listening to so I just finished listening to the first book in the Big Nate series it was okay not great there were times when I laughed out loud but other times that I found Nate pretty annoying um, I'm about halfway through Flora and Ulysses, and it's adorable. So far, anything uh, that I have read by Kate DiCamillo uh, is dynamite.
It just is. She's a fantastic writer. I love her work. So what I'm looking forward to is uh, actually Kate DiCamillo's newest book. Uh, I just got the notification that my copy of The Prophecy of Beatrice is ready for me to pick up. It's Kate DiCamillo's newest book, and it's set in medieval times and involves a young girl named Beatrice, a prophecy that may or may not be true, and a goat. Looking at the cover, which features art from the wonderful Sophie Blackwell, I would say it's a more serious book, but the description makes me think that it has some humor in it. We'll see. I'm excited to read it. So if you listened to the previous episode, you know that this is my last episode. Uh, I will really, really miss this podcast and talking about what I'm reading. I just love talking about books. And I hope that I've been able to uh, share my love of books with you and that it has been truly engaging and that uh, you have found some very enlightening reads. Um, Yeah, we're not sure who's going to take over What to Read Wednesdays at this point, but uh, still subscribe. And uh, for all the updates, um, because I'm sure it's going to be Whoever takes over is going to be amazing. So with that, final note. This is What to Read Wednesdays with Annie. I'm your host, Annie Pasma. Thanks for listening.